0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the 61st edition of the Men's Mental Health Show. Here we are today uh, doing our second Zoom um, uh, podcast, and uh, it's it's quite, uh, uh, I guess, foreign uh, for me. I don't do a lot of Zooming. Um, Bodhi's used to doing Zooming a lot, and and, uh, our guest today is a real special one, someone I've really been looking forward to to having on. But uh, just before we go into that, I just want to say a quick... Thank you to our sponsors, of course, uh, Mounties Group and my good mate, Dale Hunt, as well as uh, Noel Pope and the greater Lawson community down there at the post office and Craig Beachy from all manufacturing personnel, Proprietary Limited Limited, uh, for recruitment and labour hire. They're a company that are specializing in staffing solutions to the manufacturing manufacturing industry. Uh, should you or anyone you know, be inter- interested in looking for work in the uh, laboring and manufacturing industry, uh, give Craig a call on 0416 700 870 and we'll put some details up on the page afterwards. Uh, so before I uh, introduce uh, our guest today, it's twice in one week, boats. How are you mate?
1: Yeah, no, pretty good, really, mate. Um, uh, Pretty good. Um, You know, it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes uh, you go along and you think, oh, life's a bit sort of tough tough or strange or whatever, and and then you get a good patch and, you know, things, uh, your mind clears and and you've got more energy and that sort of stuff. So, you know, um, I'm in one of those up sort of points at the moment, so uh, it's all good. Um, And having lost uh, sort of eight kilograms is a part of me missing, so I keep looking for it. Okay. Um, but um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what I'm looking for, really, but um, I sort of want to get back into writing poetry and um, um, I've been sort of kind of dithering and procrastinating. So I'm going to tie myself to my computer and um, knock out some poems and some themes that I want to explore um, in my writing. And... Um, and I don't want to be too serious with it, but but I want to be able to say something. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm playing with being as real as I can um, in a strange world that we live in at the moment. You know, the COVID world, the, COVID, the pandemic reality, all that sort of stuff.
0: So Yeah, absolutely. Is- well, um, I want to introduce our guest uh, today, Lockie. Um, I met Lockie myself when I was in hospital recently uh, for a stint. Um, actually, I want to say, you know, I... I, I it was i think it was the last or second last day uh before Lockie left he left before i did to to another place uh, which we'll talk about and and i completely misread Lockie. i i actually thought that at, i found him quite intimidating i i thought that um you know uh he was um upset with me for something or rather and, and actually when i sat down and spoke to him i couldn't have been so wrong and 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 i I remember saying that to him, the first thing I said was, hey, man, I, I completely misread you. So, um, Lockie, how are you, man? Yeah. Yep, I got gotcha. you.
2: No mm-hmm. Well, I uh, having technical difficulties.
0: Yeah, no worries, mate. Mate, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, and, you know, I, Lockie, you, you're a pretty reserved sort of a guy, mate. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up and um, how did you get to where we are today?
2: Um, where did I grow up? Oh. South Australia.
0: Your, your old man was a farmer, is that right?
2: Uh, he's in um, far, He was a massive Ferguson dealer.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, he's in Agcam now.
0: Yeah, right. Um, how did you get from, how long, how long did you stay in South Australia for?
2: Uh till 2013 until I got um centre rehab from right. my mother I got sent Centre Foundation House in Roseville, the construction industries rehab and um I never left never left Sydney. I went to rehab after that. I went to burke Street program and stayed there for three and a half years. I did the program to twice wow. and um did the outpatient. Outpatient um, exit program, and um, I, I milked it. <laughs> right. I had to stay there for three and a half years. Just for I was around three years on the dock.
0: Right. Just for a place to stay, when you say you milked it for, for our overseas guests, our Australian, uh, <coughs> um, when he says milked it, it means he's uh, just, just, I don't know, riding them up for a bed.
2: <laughs> yeah. Apologies.
0: So, in that, in that three and a half years of, of, of rehab, would have been, you know, you relapses at all, or what happens when you go to, to rehab as a, you know, a reformed drug addict? What's what's it entail?
2: Um, uh, when I first got there, I was like, what have I got myself into? I'm a brother in law. probably bespoke his anonymity. But um, he, he got me in there and um, I, I was helping him make, do some gardening in his shed, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, the weekend before I, I detoxed and then I, I relapsed just before I left to come over to Sydney and I got here and he took me straight to an AA meeting. It was a big book study and I remember looking around the room, straight from the airport to, to a meeting in Narraveen yeah, it's my neck of the woods. Yeah, and um, just just going, what have I done? <laughs> Looking around the room and thinking, how's this going to keep me clean? And I saw God written on the walls, and I was like, F this. And um, you I trust
0: you, my... You can swear on this show. I, I didn't mention no. that because we're not through the radio station, and we're not live, so go, go ahead, mate.
2: I was just thinking, fuck this, I don't know how how this is going to keep me clean. I didn't realise that it was a spiritual and a physical and a mental um, obsession and and the emotional stuff as well. I thought it was just I was looking at it from uh, like a Westerner, which is just looking at it from a Western medicine standpoint, which is, you know, am I fixed yet like a broken leg? And uh, unfortunately, it's not like that. It's more of a holistic Thing approach, and I think that's where our medical system gets it wrong. Yeah, of course, um, treating the symptom makes money, treating the cause Mm. doesn't. That's
0: a really good point. That's
1: a a good, Um, point. well, yeah, um, sometimes you've got to follow the symptom, but um. Um, but, but the problem is that if the symptom is taken to be the problem, um, then that's, uh, that's missing the point entirely, isn't it? I think that's what you're saying, Lock, isn't it? That um, yeah. um, uh, there's many aspects to you. There's many parts to you. It's not just the addiction. Um, and if we're, not look, if we're not engaging in all those parts of you in the story, what, what, whether, whether your story or my story or a shared story, if we're not treating we're not talking to all those parts of you um, um, you know it's a, it's a half pie sort of treatment you know it's a, it's a bit sir. Um, so I gotta get what you're saying and that Western medicine um, um, is not multi-directional it's it's uh, often just one one storyline so I get that mm, mm. did you catch that Lockie? did you did you I
2: yeah. it's, uh, I'm saying problem with my
0: headphones i did catch that completely agree so mate let's let's talk about the 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 time that led up to i guess where when i i met you because when i i went in twice this year i went in for a um uh i think both times for a medication adjustment or, or switch over and you came in just after i'd left the first time so, how, mm. what happened there? What did you relapse? Where were you at? What, what to, to tell us a story of, of what happens when you relapse? What what does that do? And where does it take you into, I guess, your own self? How you feel about yourself? What's that do for you? Uh, for you? I
2: think, oh no, I can't really explain it. She gets real quite fast. Um, once having a bit of um, recovery up and knowing that there's a solution
0: yeah.
2: and then using despite that and stuff gets real quite quick and mm. um, the obsession compulsion um, is uncontrollable and then having to use twice as much or as much as I can get my hands on to cover up all the recovery that I have in my head. It's quite an awful place to be. And um, for me, the relationships I found was the problem. I, um, I, I didn't understand about um, about abandonment. Yeah. Um, in my childhood, I always thought abandonment was when someone leaves me for good or someone dies but it's not as a kid i didn't understand why my sister was my second mother um my mother was quite postnatally depressed um and being in south australia you know in the in the 80s it wasn't really (laughs) just shut up and get on with it yeah yeah and um it was kind of brushed over maybe there wasn't a lot of awareness around it and uh, my sister moved to sydney she works she's quite successful she works in radio and um commercial radio and all i knew that was she was gone i didn't understand why and we found that out at um south pacific through a family systemic constellation i was looking in the wrong place i was looking at my mother and my mother um parents did have problems with they you know she never left for good um but yeah i just remember my sister used to follow her everywhere her and her friends She's about ten years older than me, and um, uh, the 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 therapist at, at South Pacific was absolute genius. She she planted a seed in my head um, on the Monday because I was like, "How's this going to work?" You know, and um, and then on the Wednesday uh, there was a a, la- a a bit of an older lady there. I think she was about my sister's age, and. Um, She was walking away from me during group to go to her group room and she turned around and um, said, See, I'll see after group. And I had a flashback of my sister leaving um, on the plane to go into Sydney. Wow. And um, so I would pick women in my personal life because apparently that's where we get molded um, in our family of origin for all our relationships. no, that's where I, I learned how to interrelate and I, so all women are going to leave me so I pick either a woman that's going to leave me yeah. or one that I'll push away with my using or and, and that's what where, where the core core problem of my using is it's about covering that up yeah. um, so drugs were just a symptom of a deeper problem yeah. and I find now um, uh, the more work I do the less I know but Um. <laughs> yeah. um the, so it's, the problem for me is in relationships, in a relationship with myself especially, because I don't know who I am. I've been covering up with drugs for so long, drugs and behaviours. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a behaviour, if it's outside of me and I'm trying to feel something on the inside with me, then that's my addiction. Mm, yeah. I think that's where a lot of people in, in our society go wrong. Oh, that's a healthy addiction. I don't think I mean, there's a such thing as a healthy addiction. I've had work, sex, girls... Other behaviours, the gym, you know, if it's the same behaviour mm. as putting a drug, what they call it, process addiction, putting a drug in my system, then yeah, called cool being a dry drunk or, 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 or using it, a, a sober addict, it's the same behaviour. So I think the behaviours are the problem. Yeah.
0: Mike, um,
2: but how did I get there? Mm. How did I get to? The lead up, yeah. um, a lot of carnage. I was, um, I think, yeah, I was a very reserved child, and um, I didn't really have a voice. Being the youngest, um, I felt, you know, I had a lot of learning difficulties at school that didn't get picked up. I was quite good at sport as well, so I kind of got put in that category. I had ADHD and dyslexia, and I could, I could. Well, dyslexia, and I'm finding out now it's island syndrome, which is when your brain and your, your eyes aren't on the same frequency.
0: Yeah, it is
2: which yeah, isn't recognized in, yeah.
0: in a, Dyslexia, the 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 two dysle- you know, the two dyslexic bank robbers. They went to the bank and they said, Put your fans in the hair mother stickers. This is a fuck up. That's dyslexia, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I call it dyslexia. Yeah. So man, that, that must have been pretty tough though, like to have both ADHD and, and dyslexia, you know, going through school, it's one thing to be good at sport. But then, you know, I guess, you know, the other kids sort of say things or, you know, make it and, and the only way that I when I was younger was the only way I defended myself was, you know, anyone said anything to me and I was, you know, I got bullied as much as the next kid. But I, I defended with coming back with you know an insult to them and mm. you know and in the end you know i'd go home and feel pretty shit about myself you know um i imagine it'd be similar for you or do you
2: yeah uh, i i think I, I got bullied by a teacher in year four yeah. and um had a bit of a breakdown but it was around, around when my sister left right and my brother left as well um being a, yeah being the kid brother um it was around when they left, I think. And then um, until about year seven, I was I would cry every day and I didn't know what was wrong. And I still haven't got to the bottom of that, but I think that was it. I think there was a lot of um, confidence issues. And my parents feel quite awful about that, because if it happened these days, you know, the parents would be straight in there and, you know, what the fuck are you doing to my child? You know, but back then it was a bit different. Um, I can see the teacher's side of it as well now. She was in quite a toxic town. Coming no. um, in, mean, people are quite clicky and mean. But um, to year seven, I was kind of, and then you can see in my diary where I threw the pen down and went "fuck this," and I started rebelling.
0: Right.
2: And it was just um, I was in trouble every day. And
1: right. yeah. there's, there's an uh, there's an idea that when a kid starts to rebel, it's a sign of hope, uh, not necessarily for the parents or for everybody around them, but it's a sign of hope for the kid that uh, he's going. He, he 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 wants a shift. He wants to change. Okay, um, and, and, it's a, and it's a recovery point. So you can sit in that knowledge that um, you knew that there's something else going on and I've got to get to the bottom of this. Mm. Okay. That's a sign of
2: hope.
1: Well said.
2: Mm. It's quite hard to tell a story without coming across like a victim. I try to not stand that victim mentality. but not at, not at all. I, I, I'm only 150 days clean at the moment.
0: Okay. <laughs> the synapse is on.
2: Hey, Fine.
0: Isn't, isn't that yeah. wonderful? Hundred and fifty days. That's that's ripping, you know, and you've just finished doing what six months, seven months on the trot of rehab into how many how, how many places have you been to? This just this year?
2: Uh just this year I was uh I went up to a, a Pentecostal Christian place in, in Queensland. Oh did you? Hillsong, yeah, you know, at the start of the year, that was, that was full on. It's all about Hillsong sometimes. I are nutcases up there, mate. I, 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 whatever keeps people clean, yeah. I'm not judging. I, I acknowledge that Jesus exists and existed. Not I'm not saying he didn't, <laughs> but I have a big problem with someone telling me which God I should worship. You know, that's my choice. That's my birthright. Yeah. They're falling on the ground, and, and there was a big. Oh, I come from a, a bit of a a culture where you don't tell on your friends, and you don't tell on anyone. Don't you know? Yeah, right. And I try and get as far as away away from that as I can now. But I just don't have it in me. And there was a there was a a production kitchen there, so every swear word was an hour of peeling potatoes, and I. Um, all talking in the smoking area that was that was an hour and it was just and you know they're all falling on the ground and speaking in tongues and the pastor sounded like he was orgasming to jesus when he was and i mean i've tried everything else and i thought oh i might as well do this and i didn't last long i had a guy but it was actually my mate you know Big Jowie, he was quite a big boy, he was in his 20s, you know, we, we got in a bit of an argument and um, yeah. he egged me on and I didn't, I would have tried to really hurt him a few years ago, but I've done a bit of recovery, anyway, I just, um, I carved guard him right on his nose and um, I got booted and then those two boys made sure I, I was supposed to get stood down for a week, but they made sure I, I didn't get back in, but that was a blessing in disguise, I, I got sent to Geelong. So you, after
0: you, that, you stayed clean between that because I would imagine after an incident, no, 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 relapse. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. you would relapse because you know, as you find reason, you find, you know, you want to obviously judge yourself from that, you know, that you
2: might yeah, you there's know. resentment. It's always about resentment. Like mean. on, yeah, how yeah. dare you treat me like I treat myself? Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Cause um, worse. and the loss of hope as well when, right. yeah, a pressure from the family as well. I'm quite blessed to have a, a very loving family, quite dysfunctional, but very loving. So there's a lot of guilt and shame in that. Mm. Mm. A lot of guilt too. I, my father was adopted, um, into quite a nice family and I don't know a lot about it because out of respect from, um, for he doesn't want to know, but, um, knowing you know what i know about his his birth parents which isn't much but kind of feeling this guilt will my 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 adopted grandmother who was so lovely getting him out of that um out of living in a shed saved him from quite a an awful life into quite a nice family so what i could die on a toilet floor and or just be a fuck up so there's a lot of shame around that yeah yeah
0: yeah, I, I I can relate to that. Um, can
2: relate to. Or that. you know, Yeah. Sorry, it's Bradley. A a
1: story lock like, is one hell of a story, isn't it? What, what you're telling us, it's um, your experience, your real experience, the context. Um, you know, the, the abandonment. I so sitting there with uh, the, the sister leaving, and that, and that. You know, that group work moment where another woman figures off a, a you know a flashback to your sister leaving. Um, and the awful awareness of desolation on your part that you are now really on your own in a family that um, um, that was palatable with her presence and so that abandonment story um, i mean i think you've captured that um, very very well very succinctly um, and we skate through it so quickly but it seems to me to be a thousand million memories embedded in all of that, that you're sort of slowly sifting through to actually sort of kind of make some, come to terms with or learn to tolerate the reality of your growing up. Um, and that, um, I mean, you're on a massive sort of learning curve, aren't you? I mean, it's at some at some level um, um, you're regrowing the family story and yourself while you're exploring all of this in your various contexts of um, healing and recovery and that sort of stuff. And um, um, so I'm personally very moved by what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's a very deep um, um, glimpse of what you have um, experienced in the school, you know, the, and that bullying and that dyslexia. There's nothing worse than a kid who's smart, um, who can't make use of learning um, in a school environment because it's not working. Yeah. And, and you fall prey to an idea. That there's something wrong with you, or, or that you're not. That you're dumb, and that is another loading. It's another wound. It's another cross you carry using, you know, theological sort of kind of idea. But because uh, uh, um, I love your punning, you know, you, you said I left the happy clappy singing <laughs> disguise, and I'm going, ah, this guy loves language. You know, he's, you're clever with words. So okay, yeah. I'm enjoying it.
0: So good on you. I just wanted to give you that feedback. Yeah, sure, that's, right. that's- a real that's a beautiful thing to say, Bodes. Um, how, how does that sit with you Lock? Hearing that from Bodie,
2: oh, I was very well, um, articulated. He's good at that, very <laughs> nice. Oh, it is. Are you a therapist? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, huh?
1: um, yeah, been in the game for a long time, so um, that's it. That is part of my training, um, and I guess it's part of my vocation to. Uh, affirm people's uh, exploration. I mean, I admire people like yourself who choose to do something different than get stuck in the old repetitions. Mm. And I think all of us are stuck in repetitions of different sorts. So I think you're showing a lot of courage by actually opening this up for yourself and uh, saying, um, so who else am I? Or uh, what else could is possible? You know what I mean? I think those things are essential questions. And if we don't have conversation around us, that help us to ask those questions and to seek answers, um, then we're missing what, what, what the point of is, of having sentience, of having a body, of having faculties of all that sort of shit. So, you know, just reading this beautiful book by Adam Phillips on, um, on Byron, the poet, and um, Byron spends, he's, he's enormously gifted with words and, and, um, and looks. And so he, um, he's able to have any woman that he wants and they're pursuing him all over the place. So um, he's just caught up in a hedonistic bliss of paradise. Um, but at some point he gets sick of it. Um, and then he makes a fundamental mistake in British society by actually also having sex with men. Um, and so um, he's no longer a hero, he's a sodomist. And so he has to flee. Um, and, um, but what he, the question that he asks himself, how can I become serious without getting serious. So how can I learn seriousness? How can I take myself seriously without getting serious? Yeah. Fantastically interesting question. Because yeah. he, yeah. he is himself anyway. He's always going to be himself. Yeah. Um, but he wants to make something of his life. So that's that's the point of the search. Um, okay. Yeah, and I, and I think that's for all of us. We're oh. trying to figure something out.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 I believe, I'm just finding out now, um, that's what we're on Earth for. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lessons.
1: Yeah, mm. Socrates said.
2: It's not money. I know that.
0: It's not money. <laughs> it's not money. Yeah, that's right. Well, what did Socrates say, sir? Paige was, yeah, going to say Socrates.
1: Well, yeah. I was going to say Socrates said that uh, uh, an unexamined life is not worth living. Yeah. 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 And I and I always always come back to that for myself, you know. If I'm not examining my motives or my understanding of something, um, th- uh, th- then I have no full understanding of what I'm on about or I'm telling a lot of bullshit. So um, so uh, let's get to the truth of something rather than um, hiding behind sort of kind of words that I think people should hear about me. Um, uh, if you want to know me, uh, warts and all, uh, let's have a go. Um, yeah. And and stop making stuff up that's irrelevant. So, and of course you cock a snook at um, you know the world of money. Um, and okay, um, again, you've got some very interesting ideas about um, about what is real, if you like. You know what I mean? And that may challenge something of your family story. Certainly challenge yourself, Australia. I mean, that's all built on being good citizens. So, um,
2: uh, serial uh, killer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, so uh, <laughs> am, am I picking up a little bit, Lockie? that at, at some level there for you, uh, you're learning to love yourself, so you're learning to take yourself seriously. At some level, that that's part of the journey here at the moment.
2: Definitely. My sponsor's always saying to me, I have to be very careful here because I don't want to break anyone else's anonymity. Sure, sure, sure. He's always saying to me, be gentle with number one. Yeah, um, and I think whatever it is, the universe or this life or this life I chose or with what's been happening in my, my intimate relationships, it's, it's whatever it is the universe is saying to me until I work on myself and know myself and actually start being kind to myself, then I'm going to keep getting this, which is dysfunction mm. Okay. Mm. because it's familiar yeah um so learning to love myself because at the moment i don't really know who i am i'm, I'm doing best like everybody else that's doing their best yeah but i think the covid thing is really really teaching people a lot of you know teaching people to sit with themselves this forced isolation yes um yes. which you know, a lot of my mates who have been locked up can do it standing on their head you know what i mean <laughs> they're like oh, I've, I've got the internet um I can have my girlfriend over, and I'm not in greens. They're happy as.
0: <laughs> and volley. <laughs> and
2: bollies, yeah. Because if I, like I said before, if I spoke to any of my friends, like if I spoke to you, Bradley, like I speak to myself, mm. we probably wouldn't be mates. So, mm. trying to be aware of that, and it's quite often the last thing I think of when I'm struggling. Yeah. I'll go through this. What's well, pissed me off? Am I being codependent? Uh, do I want to use drugs? No. Um, am I acting out? You know, am I on Tinder? Am I, am I lusting over a woman? Um, uh, oh shit! I'm not being nice to myself. That's what it is. It's always the last thing. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Whether it's a nature or a nurture thing, I don't know. Whether it's just my genetic makeup or if it, it was, can't be about blame. And I think that's where um, I know nothing about being a parent i put that out there, but um, my parents feel very guilty. And But if we start blaming, it, the blame never ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're trying to fix what's happening now, you know, because they can blame their parents and my father can blame, you know, his.
1: Well, you know, it, 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 there's, there's that idea, isn't it, that um, uh, blaming your parents uh, lets you off the hook.
2: Uh, yeah, like yeah, that. there's a, a cop-out in it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> shit on, I can bloody drop a whole load of filth onto them, you know, um, and I'll, I, I don't have to change anything. So it's a little bit like letting yourself off the hook. At some point, you have to. I've done it um, with my old man. Um, he's now gone, um, of course, and um, I miss him terribly. You know, and, I, and I sit with that remorse that I, that I couldn't have conversations with him or uh, I could enjoy him, you know, or, or, or he always had to be grappling with, struggling with shit. So um, retrospectively, I recognise that I got trapped for too long in a kind of a a despise of him, rather than finding a place where we could join um, and be relaxed about that. Uh, so at some point, you're you're quite right, Lockie. We've we've got to get off the blame thing and actually actually look at ourselves in relationship to others. You know, because because ultimately relationships um, are. Are the means by which of self discovery um, and figuring out what we don't want to figure out um, because we get good feedback from others that sometimes we don't want to hear. And it might be the right feedback, sometimes it's the wrong feedback. So you've got to learn discrimination along the way what's valuable, what's not, you know? And that's not easy le- learning to have a discriminating mind. Maybe the point of living is that actually all, it's all about self discovery. And, you know, you can't be in, in community if you're not in relationship to yourself. Um, you know, one of the fundamental rules of existence is that community works when people um, have some knowledge of themselves. They, uh, they, um, they have self-knowledge, therefore they can bring something meaningful into the community relationship. But if you're existing just on, on uh, activations, triggers, um, pure instinct, without any thought behind it at all, you're just a cannon going off, uh, uh, like a firecracker, mm. um, and um, it becomes a bit of a problem. So,
2: Very mm, um, much to say.
1: Yeah, that's our journey. Might as uh, well be
2: living in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, there was a few James around. that wouldn't mind, but you know, um, yeah, but yeah, got it.
0: You know, I, I picked up on you said just a moment ago. You know, Bradley, you wouldn't be mates with me if if I spoke to you the way I spoke to speak to myself. Uh, you know, and you talk about then. You know, learning to be kinder to yourself. I, I think. The, the fact that what I value from, from myself uh, with my friendship with you, Lockie, is your brutal honesty. Um, I don't have a lot of mates that I can, uh, can talk to uh, that'll, that'll just say, you know, in a text, like, you know, you, you said the other night, you know, I froze tonight sharing, obviously at a meeting, you know, I just don't think I'm thought out enough to make any sense. And and that's showing your vulnerabilities. That's that's opening yourself up. That's a, a leading and perfect example of what it takes to be a man, um, and and to be able to become um, a better man is is by doing that by by showing us those vulnerabil- vulnerabilities and and those strips and. And, and I value that greatly as a mate because I, I'm always second-guessing myself. I'm, I'm always unsure of myself. I'm always um, questioning who I am. And, and you know, I, and I'm very good at covering that or by, by, you know, just putting on a front or a mask. And hearing you say things like that or when we speak, it, it allows me to open that up myself and, and be able to say things okay, this is exactly how I'm going now. This is how I'm feeling. This is um, where, where I'm at in my life. And, and I can share that with you. And, and you'll just go, hey, man, I understand that. I'll, I'll catch you tomorrow. If you're not up for the chat tonight, I respect that. And, you know, that's, it, it's, it's something that I don't have a lot with my mates. So, man, you've got to, <laughs> I would be, you know, ripping into yourself and giving yourself a good uppercut if I was you because, um, you know, you're a, a, a pretty special kind of a fellow, mate. Sorry, mate. Thank you. It's <laughs> hard get, to cop, it. isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's hard to um, receive, isn't it? Know, hard to receive feedback that, uh, well, that affirms, that well, actually warms you. Um, yeah, when you're... Um, and, and I, but I think um, learning how to receive feedback that uh, genuinely speaks to parts of you that um, need to hear that um, that that you start to open up those that reception, you know, the ability to receive that, and, and so that you're warmed by other people's positive regard, um, and um, so that so that that isolating, you know, it's a bit like that idea of I think that you said something about that drugs, uh, is, is the way I isolated and told the world "fuck you, keep 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 out of my space," yeah, yeah. Um, and what you're learning to do is that you start to allow people into your space without actually feeling that um, that you're going to be abandoned or dropped into more shift. And uh, uh, fantastic. What a a great place to be in, you know, starting to to sit in with increased awareness that I can let some people into my life and be warmed by that. It's fantastic.
2: Definitely. Do you think that goes back to uh, a cultural thing? Like... um, like the Australian and the English culture, cut down the tall poppy, where I've noticed um, in America, they kind of get behind each other and build each other up. You know, rather than stop being up yourself, mate, they, they get behind each other, all right, well, I'm either going to beat you or... Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: Well, they've got that right. in the States, haven't they? They've got that idea of exceptionalism. They've, 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 they've got that idea that if someone's outstanding, that's a good thing. Um, and that yeah. they, that they they follow that or they're inspired by it, whereas the tall poppy syndrome in in in, in Australian culture is uh don't don't be up yourself uh we're all tugging our forelocks you know um, um so just keep part of the hoi polloi, don't uh, don't move into into your genius how dare you
2: um
1: mm. so yeah not too well I mean, but
2: not too well
1: yeah yeah absolutely so I think there's a lot of envy uh kind of possibly around um and um So it's an an interesting point that you raise. Um, So powerful, good stuff.
2: Yeah, um, I like that kind of um, Aussie bravado. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes.
2: That that once served us maybe on the Kokoda Trail or, you know, in Vietnam or, you know, being outnumbered.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, um, you know, being um, in quite a harsh climate where, I'm just I'm generalizing here, I've got to be careful. But um that, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. You know, that kind of attitude once sure. served us, um, but now it's it's actually got young men blowing their heads off in in numbers never seen before. Yeah,
1: yeah. Being yeah, from exactly. the country and
2: yeah, you know, they well, there's no reason I got told when I was young um by, by a by great man. Um Therapist, he said, "There's no reason you can't be uh, um, vulnerable and and sensitive, you know, within yourself, and staunch when you need to be."
0: So there's no reason.
1: No, absolutely. Um, um, And the good actually takes more
2: courage, but it's quite frowned upon.
1: Absolutely. So I think you're right. That uh, in answer to your question, I think the culture has um, exerted uh, uh, a staunch invocation. Not to reveal yourself in any shape or form, you know what I mean. Uh, to be st- to be staunch, to be stoic, to uh, to take the punches, to roll with it, to laugh when the jokes, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. To, to steal the steely injunction by the culture uh, not to reveal any sensitivity or a point of difference, um, because that's not being a good man. A good mm-hmm. man is is agreeing with everything and, and being a jolly good fellow um, yeah. and playing playing that part, you know, of the of the male who can't feel or can't feel something other than anger or, uh, uh, you, you know, that sorrow, joy, um, curiosity, all those sorts of things are, um, are not part of the male tool chest, a, a toolkit. It's a, um, you, you've got to bury that. You've got to bury those finer parts. And I think that's what you're always saying, Bradley, isn't it, is that um, being vulnerable uh, brings in a different type of conversation. And this is a relatively new phenomena in Australian society that men are starting to actually sit in the, uh, and are yearning for a deeper conversation.
0: Yeah. I, I, and, and it's a, it's a rip and point boats, um, you know, and I think with, with those changes are coming, uh, is coming so many wonderful things. Um, you know, I, I think the the relationships will, will blossom further. I think um uh, fatherhood and, and, and being a great teacher uh, as a parent will blossom from all these things. I think, uh, you know, the suicide rate will start to drop. I think, um, you know, uh, uh, violence against women will change. You know, uh, all those things, it, it can only be good that comes from it. But it is not an easy thing for any man to do. Uh, to to become vulnerable to to put themselves in a, a in a very uncomfortable position such as what lockie's done today i mean you know the the first 5 minutes of of this podcast uh, like you could just see in lockie's face just how incredibly difficult this was for him but to push through that we're we're seeing you know a, a beautiful man uh, with an amazing heart and a, an incredible mind blossom throughout you know this podcast alone and Oh, yeah, no, I just think it's, it's, it's something that, um, you know, it, it, it takes time, but we work on it. It's like anything, isn't it, Baze, when it comes to self-therapy or self-work, you, you work on it. And the more you work on something, the more reward you get. Yep, and, it's, um, and it becomes a part of your reality to work to
1: work on stuff, to actually know that I'm a piece of work and I'm becoming um, and there's no end to it. And I love what you said, Lockie, the more I'm sitting in something, the less I know. There's a certain humility in that idea, isn't it? That, um, that we can never know anything. And if we actually just sit in a world of opinions, um, what are we really hiding? Because if you, if you can't talk from a truth, um, that's your own personal truth, um, but you've thought about it deeply. Um, so it's not an opinion. It's actually uh, an integration of deeply felt experience. Um, so you can talk from that. And that's the new beginning, isn't it? That's the, um, that's the real work. And the, and the more that you um, know of those deep conversations that open something up um, and that doesn't close off conversation by saying you can't think that or you can't feel that, mm. um, you know, we, we're dying for that stuff. Mm. We're literally as a community dying for the real conversation.
0: So, mm. yeah, bring it on. Honey, oh, yeah. Look... Can, mate, can I ask you? Obviously, through going the amount of places where you've done rehab, and I know that you, you, your heart sits pretty uh, tight towards South Pacific and their um, vision, I guess. Um, what's just just for for the listeners, and because you've you've no doubt seen all perspectives of uh, treatment, I guess as far as you know recovery goes. What's your view on it, personally? What do you you, you think is, is the best? Like you know, this I get I get blokes saying to me, "Look, you know, rehab. I've got to believe in God, or I've got to take up this thing, and and I'm going to be going in there and sitting around hearing ten other blokes' stories, and you know, I want to start feeling good about myself." What you explain your
2: take to us? Is that all right? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'd say like rehab's the best place to end up in because the other two are death or in the nick yeah. and after um narrowly missing jail at the start of the year and um i'd be there i'd be in yatla uh, and god forbid getting sent to port augusta as a white fella i would be in a lot of trouble um, uh, I'd be there now. I'd either be in jail or dead had I not come to Sydney and, um, and stayed in rehab the way I was going um, with the street fighting and the, and, and, and the places, you know, the crime I've done, um, never dealing drugs, I, I don't believe in that, dealing in people's souls. But, um, you know, not ending up in greens or blues in some states um, and not ending up dead or, you know, in a padded cell, you know, from, from the psychosis. My view on on that is, um, only thing you need to know about God is you're not <laughs> it. The only, um... <laughs>
0: Just don't have that attitude as though you're your God. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, there's a there's a um, a really toxic self obsession that, that comes with addiction,
1: yeah.
2: and um, you yeah. know, I don't think it's a chosen thing, but I it's the the way it becomes like um. In between the drugs and and the life and and that sort of treating my uh, body like a rubbish bin, mm. um, and, and and then realising I I've been trying to kill myself for a long time. Slowly, I was just too pissed weak to to actually do it to pull the trigger. Um, so some part of me wants to live, um, and I've mm. seen a lot of suicides. And um, actually, my little um, they lives across the road from me. He um, was, was my little brother, pretty much. He, he died at the end of last year. Oh, and that really hit me. And, and I've had a few friends over from, um, you know, she rang me. I was in South Pacific where she rang me and I, I was off my face and I missed her call. And about an hour later, she killed herself with, you know, four kids and a very lovely person. And. Oh, the sadness that that passes you know the sadness doesn't end with suicide or drug overdoses it it right. just gets passed on to the loved ones and my niece i, I think always thought you know when i, I was near death and I, and I have been a couple of times and the first thing i thought of was my niece right. well why is that i'm not sure we have a quite a a um a lovely connection is it because She's been the, the only the only the only girl the rest of them are nephews but i don't know i i, I guess i see myself in her or, we just have a lovely connection and
0: it's wonderful. Um,
2: she's trouble. Oh, that's probably why. Yeah, she's, um, she's a beautiful girl. And, and my, my sister in law is, is quite, you know, she's quite successful and very confident. And because um, I wasn't there because of my addiction for the first few years of, uh, of my niece's life. But when my sister in law sister-in-law saw, saw her following me around everywhere, she's just going, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> 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 you got hard with the same brush is that
0: what she thought <laughs> <She's just gone>. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: <coughs> and um her, her eldest uh, her, my uh her the age i was when when she met my brother so it's uh, it's just funny you know i was the kid of the family and now i'm seeing it with them and i get to be the cool uncle, uncle and just rock up and be awesome and leave but, you anyway, know, off topic. Um, the rehab thing is always the best option, and, and I'm quite comfortable there now. Like, um, I got warned when I first came in, and, and being a being a bit of a strong headed male um, arrogance as well, you know, hiding behind to to cover up my my low self esteem, my big ego. Um, like, what well, the fuck would you know, kind of thing. And you know, therapists they told me don't get stuck in a rehab cycle and I did. I've been, last eight years, nine years nearly, I've been in more rehab than I have out. Yeah. Thank God for um, private health insurance. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'll never stop trying because I firmly believe that if, if I end my life, I'm just going to pop out somewhere else in the universe. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. There's no out to this. So the only way out, uh, Mr. Churchill said that, the only way out is through. Yeah. And um, so my take on it is um, keep getting up, keep getting back on the horse, yeah. Because uh, if it wasn't worth it, no one would do it. And and I want to be, you know, like the uh, the statistics aren't great for people getting clean mm. and staying clean. Mm. Um, You're not a statistic, mate. No. no, I don't want to be a statistic. I want to be, you know, and the attitude I've seen that works is, you know, they say five percent of people get clean. Mm. Um, I, I, you want to look around the room and say I wonder what these other people are going to do because I'm going to be yeah. you know, You're like, a You're a and, and never never stop trying keep on getting back up you know and ignore like anyone say, says ignore the haters ignore the people you know like all that I know addiction kills more people than any other single disease in Australia alcoholism is in that category I and mean, I wouldn't walk up to a person with cancer and call them a junkie. Mm.
1: You know, I had a flash just now, Lockie, I, I, I can see you at some point when you're ready doing a TED text uh, talk about, uh, about that, about addiction, and about the very slow, uh, the low um, recovery rates, and, and that we need to change that. We need to, we need to sort of wean ourselves off, uh, avoiding the truth of ourselves, avoiding our genius. I can see you, 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 know, there's a, you, know, you speak very powerfully. So you've got a voice um, already and you know something of your own experience. And I think you could talk um, eloquently and, and directly to that experience at some point when you're ready. Bodie. But I had a flash. I had a flash of something.
0: Bodie in, in, I hope you're right. It's, in um... 61 episodes of the show, can I ask you, mate, how many people have you said that to, that they'd be good at doing a TED Talk? Uh, yes. How uh, man, that's the first that's the first time first time man that's and that i said the same thing to you a couple of weeks ago mate oh really um, <laughs> i did just i i yeah. think that 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 the future for 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 you lock is your ability to uh, inspire um to help but more than anything if for yourself um you know it's uh you speak incredibly well, but you know you you speak from from the moment as well. You can see that, and that's a, that's you know we've talked about a lot of difficult things for 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 us to do as men. Um, it seems like you're doing a very good job of all of it, mate. You seem like you've got you know all your eggs in the right basket, and um, you know and, and 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 I think you're in a, pr- a pretty good place. I don't I haven't known you that long, but I think where you're at right now in your life, if you asked yourself, I'm sure you'd you'd agree with what I'm about to say, and and that is, you're in the best place you've ever been. I I, I believe that. I hear, hear you talk, and when we talk, I I, I learn so much from you.
2: Thanks, guys. I think oh, you you're the guys that have done. Is it 61 episodes?
0: It's only
2: 61, yeah been a few yeah, that we've well, done that didn't I mean, go through though but. you got you guys do this
0: every week so <laughs> no nah, not a bit hard
2: to cop that compliment i think you two are i uh, think you. patting yourselves on the back thank you thank you especially yeah especially badly i, I you Bradley, knowing a bit of your story and knowing what you've come from and the balls it takes to to keep going you know you, you said the how many platforms this show's on now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's quite um, a few and
0: it, and it's reaching out audiences larger and larger each week. So, and I, and I think that's because we, well, it'd be great if I could get a guest like you on every week, but I think it's because we try and, you know, just, just keep it real. Just, just talk about the things that we like to, I mean, well, right now I'm, I, I, I'm just feeling, you know, so humble. I'm I'm feeling so at peace at the moment. Um, you know, I've been quite uh, anxious uh, today. Yesterday, I didn't sleep well last night, so you know, as you can see, I look pretty tired. But you know, I just I just hear you you talk, and it, you know, I become overwhelmed, and it just you know, it just settles me and. You know, I, I've got a, a lot of issues that I need to still work through in my life. And, I, and I'm just so glad that I've got a bloke like yourself that's in my corner as much as Bodie. And, um, you mm. know, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for that.
1: You said something really interesting, Lockie. You said uh, at one, one point you were talking about behaviours, that, that behaviours seem to be the problem. And I think there's one thing to talk. The talk is another thing to actually walk the talk. Hey, eh? you know, what I mean that's as yeah, a classic. Yeah. That one. It's a classic line.
2: Um, when you I hear yourself that off. for a reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, you know, I think that's incumbent upon all of us who are trying to actually make a difference. Is that um, um, you know the the, the talk I, I utter. Has to be reflected in the behaviour uh, consistently across the board, and when I'm out out of the public face or the public profile, that I'm the same person. Um, that's an old definition of sainthood, that the, there's no difference between the per, the the the, um, the the personal space and the public space, the same person. Mm.
2: So, that's a very hard thing to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's part of our growing up. Isn't the
2: ego's clever, very <laughs> yeah. clever absolutely absolutely
0: yeah well just before we wrap things up today uh just want to say a, a massive thanks uh of course to our our sponsors uh mounties group and um, noel pope from the post office here in lawson as well as uh craig beachy from all manufacturing personnel proprietary limited recruitment and labor hire company specializing in staffing solutions to the manufacturing industry Give Beachy Baby a call on 0416 700 870 or manufacturingpersonnel.com.au and I'll put that up on our page on all of the websites and uh, socials. Um, Boats, thank you. Yeah. uh, You know, uh, again, twice in a week. And I know we might have another couple of shows next week, but um, thank you for for your time today. And I know yeah. no, it's obviously through lockdown and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, see you next week when you're in the 70 kilo region, perhaps. Is that right? It's <laughs> not
1: dropping off that fast, but, uh, um, and I've got a gargantuan appetite. I was a carpenter for many years, uh, Lockie. And um, um, so I learned to feed up, uh, you know, uh, very well. So I was adjusting my, old appetite to restrict restricted out. at 72 you're not supposed to eat as much as you were when you were 30 running around a building site so but I'm a slow learner.
0: Good on you. Nice to meet you Lockie. Very nice yeah. to
2: meet
0: you. Hey Lockie, thanks man. I appreciate, appreciate it guys. Be wonderful mate wanted to be on here and be asked. Hey yeah well thank you. That's a lovely thing to say and that uh that means a lot that means an enormous amount to me mate. Um mate I don't want to put any pressure on you. Um <laughs> but I, I I'd really love it if you came on in a, in a couple of weeks for four weeks' time and we perhaps uh, go a little bit further with this conversation. Um, maybe we don't even just talk about uh, else or we could talk about something else as a topic. you know I know that uh, at the moment there's just so much angst out there uh with everything that's going on and and the way things are going I think it's 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 purpose to to divide us. And uh, I think we need to bring it together with love and, and, and care for one another. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. What, I, what I'd like to talk about is um, um, how men can find a better place than being um, predators um, in the community or fuck-ups. You know what I mean? Uh, how can we find a better place? What, what, what might that look like? So. Um, um, that's a conversation I'm interested in continuing to explore with me, with men.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. Nice. Looking forward to that. I'd like to do that conversation with Bob. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, and to uh, an enormous thanks. Don't forget if you or anyone, you know, would like to um, uh, come on the show, um, just drop us a line. Um, all that details will be put up on the social pages or on the podcast platforms. Um, at um and uh, yeah, or if you've got any questions you'd like us to ask, or if you even if you've just got a topic you'd like us to to talk about, we'd be very happy to to suit your needs, Bodie. And look, um, right? I know it's about mental health, but it, what we're interested in is the people who are as mental as anything. Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> Yeah, we don't want you to be too serious or to be but, too straight or too too packaged up, you know. No, like we want these lines
0: d- to be like our hairstyles.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Ah! yeah. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Lucky, <laughs> love you, brother, and um, right. just uh, just hang about. All right, see you next uh, next time on the Men's Mental Health Show.